welcome to Hazel and Katniss and Harry and Star, a young adult literature podcast, their film and television adaptations, and everything in between. I'm Joe. And I'm Belly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, you're far too interesting to be Belly. I just hurt my own feelings. <laughs> oh boy, folks, it's going to be one of those episodes. Our show is located on the ancestral lands of the Haudenosaunee, the Huron-Wendat, and the Anishinaabe on lands connected to the Toronto Purchase Treaty 13 of 1805. And on the Tecumseh-Tay territory within the unceded traditional lands of Sequatchewan-Ulu. And today's text, The Summer I Turn Pretty, is set in the fictional Cousins Beach, but the adaptation was filmed in Wilmington, North Carolina, which is the traditional home of the Lumbee and the Katwa peoples. Joe, it's also the traditional home of the Dawson's Creek cast, because that's where they shot that show for however many years it was on the air. Right. The the notably indigenous cast of Dawson's Creek. You know, it's interesting about Wilmington as a place, not that I've ever been there, but mm-hmm. I've never seen Wilmington, North Carolina used as a set for North Carolina. Wilmington, North Carolina. It's yeah, literally no, no, always no. New England. It's kind of, I don't know. Wait, One day, Joe, will write our definitive study on placelessness in YA. <laughs> Right. Yes. And of course, it will have a distinctly Canadian bent because even though this show has nothing to do with Canada at all, I can only imagine how frustrating it must be for the people of like, BC to have to deal with the fact that like, BC is never represented on screen. Unless it is a Canadian text. (laughs) It's so, so true. (laughs) (laughs) So, Brenna, we are spending a breezy summer at the beach with Belly and her friends. This is Jenny Han territory. We absolutely loved this, didn't we? I don't understand why I didn't like this book and show, Joe. It's like a full-on mystery. We were sending texts to each other. Honestly, I don't think we've ever texted each other about a title on the show as much as we did about this one, because we were both just so baffled. Like, why? Why this decision? Why isn't this working? What are we doing with this character? None of it makes sense. No, and neither one of us could figure out 100% why it didn't work. We could identify things that we didn't like specifically, Mm -hmm. but we had a really hard time defining for ourselves what the problems were here. And, you know... Like, we devoured the To All the Boys I've Loved Before series, and we became, mm-hmm. like, Jenny Han disciples out right? of that. And I know I've been a bit salty about Exo Kitty, because I just genuinely, of all the characters to tell me more about, Kitty is not the one I would have chosen. Right. But that show had, I would argue, in hindsight, and maybe this is just because we've spent a week reading <laughs> The Summer I Turned Pretty, at least Exo Kitty had positive strengths that we were able to accentuate mm-hmm. with our friend of the show, Jenny Nolf. And then she kind of gave us a heads up, you know, hey, you're going to struggle when you get to this title. And I thought that she was being a little ungenerous. But going through the book and the show, I'm just like, wow, Exo Kitty doesn't seem so bad anymore. No, it's really fascinating to me how difficult I found it to dig into this book. Normally, this is the kind of YA book that I would not just have read the first one, Joe, I would have read like all three of them before we made it to air because I was so excited about it. Mm -hmm. That's not the case here. So I'm going to tell you what it's about. Okay. And then we're going to figure out why we don't like it. Sounds good. (laughs) Or no, we're going to figure out what's not working because obviously Mm. lots of people really like this, but it's not working for us. And there's got to be some kind of reason. There we go. So 
we only read the first book, The Summer I Turned Pretty, which is the first of a trilogy, and it's set, as I said, in the fictional Cousins Beach. It stars Isabel Belly Conklin. She's our protagonist. And she's had this kind of lifelong relationship with her mother's best friend and the best friend's two sons. So Mm -hmm. every summer they get together at this beach house, which in the adaptation is like a palace, but whatever. Well, it's almost a palace in the book because nearly everyone gets their own room. And when you count the bodies, you realize, okay, so Susanna is definitely rich. She's super loaded. Um, So the family is, we've got... Belly, her mom, and her brother, Stephen. And then we have Conrad and Jeremiah and their mom, Susanna. Mm-hmm. So there's obviously a love triangle here <laughs> because Belly has spent her whole life being in love with Conrad. But slowly, we end up with a relationship with Jeremiah, sort of, maybe, in this sort first of, book. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then back to Conrad. So it's a kind of a classic, will they, won't they, which boy. Right. One of the frustrating things about the book, I think, is we never know enough about either mm-hmm. boy to understand why they're attractive in the first place. Um, no, and- because we spend so much time. So Stephen actually has a really good relationship with both brothers. Mm-hmm. And Belly is often on the outsider. You know, they treat her like a little kid. They treat her like the little sister who annoys them and can't be brought to parties or go to the beach and that kind of stuff. So right from the start, the relationship is set to be adversarial. And then all of a sudden this summer when she titularly turns pretty, (laughs) they start to look at her in a different way. And all of a sudden her crushes are coming to the surface. But the problem is, is the boys feel like dicks. Yeah, they do, 100%. And the turning pretty is very stereotypical. Her braces are off. She doesn't wear glasses anymore. Oh she no gosh. longer puts her hair in a ponytail. Like <laughs> It's, it's a freaking cheese all that makeover. Really I kind of laughed. It's 100% that. Like, these boys were really, really dopey before, apparently. Um, what's different about this summer, though, is that faced with the fact that Conrad is like really shut down and, and mm-hmm. Belly is starting to realize there's no relationship potential there and not realizing that jeremiah is very clearly in love with her because Mm -hmm. she's very not aware of the world around her she ends up dating a third boy yay just what we needed (laughs) he's actually interesting and we never learned anything about him and his name is cam cameron and he's actually (laughs) what's important about cameron as a character is that he knew belly before she turned pretty. And he's actually had a right. crush on her for a long time. They were mm-hmm. in like Latin, some Latin contest together. Obvious. And he's been he's been like in awe of her since that point. And so right. this girl who has always believed herself to be like the ugly duckling of the mm-hmm. family and the one who nobody ever sees anything about. Now there's this boy who actually can see her as a whole person. Obviously, we have to break up with him immediately. Yeah. <laughs> you seem nice. And nice isn't interesting. I'm going to go with the quote unquote bad boy. And then the backstory is that um, I guess Belly's parents have just divorced Conrad and Jeremiah's parents are going through a rough patch. Susanna had once recovered from cancer, but we realize that she her cancer is back. The reader realizes it long before, before. Belly finds out in one of the it's most... It's like a last act twist in the book. And <laughs> it, it was a little satisfying for Belly to have the realization that she's been an absolutely horrendous person to everyone <laughs> at the end. Be like, oh, wow, I can't believe I didn't realize that Susanna was sick this whole time. And sure, it's easy for us because we know it before she does, but it's... It's just, 
it, it's so gratifying when she's like, oh, no, I'm a bad person. And we go, yes, yep. Belly, you are. <laughs> and then the only other important characters to think of are uh, the best friend, Taylor, who mm-hmm. she arrives and becomes a great source of uh, frustration for Belly because, of course, she's also interested in the boys. Well, More but left this triangle. is actually happening in the past in the book, right? Oh, yeah, so that's we're right. we're bouncing around a couple of different timelines in the book, but it's always from Belly's perspective and always only during the summer, whereas the TV show is just over the course of this one summer. Yeah, sorry. And I actually do there are times I really like the flashbacks because they do give us occasional breaks from present-day Belly's self-involvement. Sure. But I think that the show makes a good decision to not constantly be moving back and forth between the flashbacks. We only really have one flashback in the TV show. Yeah, it it is good. I actually think we see one to a previous summer when we're clearly doing braces and ponytails and Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. And then there's one to when they're a little bit younger to kind of set up some of the early relationships. And you're right. It's a good decision because the one where we have different actors playing the characters is working for me. Mm-hmm. But when we're we're literally just taking these exact same actors and trying to make them look a couple of years younger is wildly unsuccessful. Yeah, it's very <laughs> unsuccessful. That's a good point. So, I mean, that's the basic plot, and I think that we've mm-hmm. already we've already <laughs> started in there. <laughs> we, we've already flicked at the issue, which is that Belly is. Belly is not an interesting protagonist. And Joe, Mm -hmm. we run into this time and time and time again, where authors don't know who their most interesting character is, and they make their protagonist, I suspect, the character who is most like them personally. Mm -hmm. That's my suspicion. Yeah, this is giving big Jenny Han, this is what I was like as a teenager, drawing from my own personal experiences. Like, this feels semi-autobiographical. And in that way, it's cool that she wants to kind of work out some of her issues. But, oh boy, it's not even that Belly is an unlikable character. It's that she's an uninteresting character. Yes, and unlikable characters are interesting. (laughs) Right, because there's some conflict. There's a reason we, we grade against them. Here I'm just like, oh my god, anyone but this girl. She's deeply bland and also, so bland. the love triangle is really troubled by the fact that we're not interested in, well, Mm-mm. I'm not interested in any of these boys. Conrad is set up to be just like so, sort of generically like brooding, uh-huh. and that's supposed to be enough to make him like super sure. attractive. And Jeremiah, who is always more interesting. much kinder to her, he's a much more dynamic personality because we see more of him, mm-hmm. but even he is just like... He's a cocker spaniel. Yes. Masquerading as a boy. Yes. And then when we do meet a boy who actually might have a backstory that might give us something, we lose him immediately because she's too caught up between these brothers. And it's just, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I guess I get it. I get the romantic triangle. I get the wish fulfillment part of the narrative for girls Mm -hmm. who feel plain to be sort of, you know, loved by all of these boys. Like, I get the attraction, I guess. Mm -hmm. In in principle, right? I think yeah. part of it is that we have seen this story so, so many, many times. times. And there's something about the way Jenny Han writes that is very accessible. Mm-hmm. You know, it's light and fluffy in the ways, like, I mean that in a very complimentary sense. Like, it's B-treaty, it's feel-good, it's really easy to just get up and devour a whole book. And 
I don't think this book is difficult to do that with. It's just that it's missing that spark that made the To All the Boys series so exciting. Even when we had our frustrations with that romantic triangle, with that character, like those are not flawless books, no. but they were easier to get into and understand the excitement from the readership. Whereas here, this feels like a trial run of like Jenny Han figuring her stuff out because there's a spice missing. There's something interesting, too, about how waspy the book is. Mm-hmm. Everybody reads white. Yes, everybody reads white. We're never given any information to suggest they aren't. And there's an interesting throwaway line, Joe, in the TV adaptation. I don't know if you caught it. Mm-hmm. In the TV adaptation, Belly's mum is Korean, and that's much right. more explicitly explored in the TV series. Correct. And she's an author, which is added. She's not an author in the in the book. She's a teacher in the book. Yeah, which gives them the summers off, right? Which yeah. is an important part of the, the sort of sure. setup. Um, whereas <laughs> in in the series, she's a self-employed writer. Her husband, who she has just divorced, is a professor who is dating mm-hmm. a grad student. It's all very... <laughs> it's overly complicated, yes. But one of the lines that Belly's mom says at one point when she's having her first conversation with that other writer is she says, you know, they trashed my first book because I didn't put any Asian characters in it. Right. And I was like, are you okay, Jenny? Jenny, are you all right? (laughs) Jenny, have you recovered from that criticism because you seem to be overcompensating? (laughs) Because in many ways, that is something, you know, the girls in To All the Boys having to really explore this Mm -hmm. cultural identity that they've lost a lot of access to with the death of their mother, but they have this well-meaning dad who keeps them connected to that family. Like, that's a big part of the life and breadth of that book series. For sure. And then we push it even further on Exo Kitty, which Mm -hmm. is obviously not a book series, but was show run by Jenny Han after she kind of cut her teeth on The Summer I Turned Pretty Season 1. Whereas this book is so very much like rich white people problems like really <laughs> even in the adaptation they try to make a bigger thing about the economic differences between right. the boys and belly and her brother mm-hmm. in the book it's clear i mean yes in the book it's like it's single there. mom teacher salary they make less money than Susanna. but the there's a lot less sort of extravagant show of wealth in mm-hmm. the book so even that is muted And I think that's a problem, too. It's like all these things that could have lent some, like, spice or diversity or interest. Instead, we just have, like, rich white people and middle class white people having problems. And it's honestly – it feels gross to say this out loud, Joe, but it honestly Mm -hmm. feels like they throw cancer in there just to have something to talk about. Yeah, like, we need some kind of emotional catharsis at the end of the book to really drive home why this particular summer is so significant. It's not just Belly's coming of age, it's also potentially the last one we will ever have like it. And I get it, you know, there's there's pinnacle moments in every young person's coming of age story, and it's relatable that Belly is so self-involved and she's focusing on the sort of granular things and missing the big life picture stuff. But for some reason, it just, it doesn't play large. It doesn't play emotional. It plays tired and Mm -hmm. boring. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what? I honestly think boring is the problem. Yeah. 
So this is Jenny Han's first YA book, and I can't help but wonder if that's part of the issue. Like, I, I made a joke. Oh, you know, she was kind of cutting her teeth on this one in the same way that she was cutting her teeth show running the TV show before she kind of got a little bit stronger or more confident. But this does feel like a very trial run mm-hmm. for Lara Jean. Yeah, and I think too, you know, 2009 was a really great time for a realist YA romance trilogy right. for all the people mm-hmm. who are trying to get away from <laughs> retired of dystopia. Yeah, we don't want a fantasy YA trilogy. <laughs> We're, we need a realist YA trilogy and we don't want a fantasy YA love triangle. We need a realist YA love triangle. Like there was a <laughs> there was a moment here and I don't think that that's coincidental with this being so successful. Right. I mean, Han is an accomplished writer in that, as as you say, Joe, these are breezy, you can move through them quickly, but it's interesting to me how honestly tedious this felt compared to reading about the adventures of Laura Jean. Yeah, yeah, like she really discovered her strength and her voice in between writing this and starting to all the boys. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we shift over and talk about some of the choices that we make when we draw this out into yeah. a seven episode series? Spoiler alert, too many. <laughs> I've waited all year for this. No race? Oh. My family spends every summer in Cousins Beach with my mom's best friend and her two sons, Conrad and Jeremiah. They've always seen me as a little kid. But this summer... See you guys later. It's different. Damn. You look hot. Stop flirting with my sister. Dude, dude, focus. I wrangled Belly an invitation to be a debutante. Shut up, Steven. The whole Deb scene, it's for sheep. Conrad, could you be a little more supportive? Now, which one of you is going to be Belly's escort to the ball? Wow, guys, stop fighting over me. Susanna told me she knew I was destined for one of her boys. I always hoped it would be Conrad. We almost kissed. Concentrate. But then, there was Jeremiah. You're my best friend. There are times I want to be more. What am I going to do? Ugh, FMLs. All right, so we turn the summer I turn pretty into a seven-episode TV show in 2022. It is show run by Jenny Han, as we've said. The show stars Lola Tung as Belly, Sean Kaufman as her brother Stephen, Jackie Chung as her mother Laurel, and then on the Fisher side of the equation, we have Christopher Briney as Conrad, Gavin Castellegno as Jeremiah, and Rachel Blanchard as Susanna. Fun fact, I love Rachel Blanchard, so it automatically made everything Susanna-related go down way easier for me. She was the TV show Clueless share, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. uh, She did a bunch of like YA stuff in the 90s. So she's kind of cemented in my mind as like, oh, I love that she's kind of back and doing something. Mm -hmm. Okay. We also have Rain Spencer as Belly's friend Taylor. We'll have more to say about her because she does get a little bit more prominent role in the TV show. We have David Iacono as Cam Cameron. We have Minnie Mills as Stevens' new for the TV show girlfriend, Shayla. And then we have Summer Madison as Conrad's new for the TV show girlfriend, Nicole. And then rounding out the adult cast, we have Alfredo Narciso as Cleveland Castillo, who is 
an invention for the TV show. It's a love interest for Laurel and a more successful author. We have Colin Ferguson as John Conklin. That's Susanna's sort of estranged husband. And then we have your favorite, Tom Everett Scott, as Adam Fisher, a.k.a. Laurel's ex. So you got those backwards. Did I? Yes. So Tom Everett Scott is Susanna's ex, and Colin Ferguson is Laurel's ex, but it doesn't matter because we don't invest anything in the dads. I was just delighted to see Tom Everett Scott. I spent all of 1996 (laughs) completely devoted to that thing you do. And so seeing Tom Everett Scott return always makes me happy. (laughs) Joe. Right. The way I see it, there are basically two added subplots to the series to stretch it out to seven episodes. Okay, I I do have a number of key differences, but I imagine you're referring to the big ones. Yes, so the two most significant additions are the romantic interest for Laurel in the form of Cleveland Castillo, this more successful author. And of course, Mm -hmm. he comes with a whole spinoff plotline where he's writing a book about sailing but doesn't know how to sail. And Conrad is an (sighs) expert sailor now, and he works for him for the summer. Sure. It's so that we can have a panic attack scene. That's all. Yes. And the other (laughs) significant plotline that's added is that Belly enters a debutante ball contest Mm -hmm. pageant thing. (laughs) It's it's a ball. Yes. I (laughs) didn't like it. (laughs) I didn't understand the point of it, except that it obviously gave us all of these extra love interests, etc. But I guess when I say I didn't understand the point of it, Mm -hmm. it doesn't make Belly any more interesting, complicated, nuanced, or thoughtful. I think one of the things that surprises me, because to me, it seems like a very obvious attempt to talk a little bit more about the class difference. Like it's a point of friction between Susanna and Laurel, you know, like Laurel's, she just spends the first half of the season saying things like, this doesn't seem like you, Belly. I told Joe in a text that Laurel, Laurel, the mother, Mm -hmm. is... Yes, a complete harpy. And so also <laughs> the only character I relate to in the TV adaptation because everyone else is a disaster and Laurel just right. walks around being like, you're stupid. Just <laughs> do what you need to do. <laughs> She's very much a wear it on your sleeve kind of lady. Mm-hmm, yeah, I liked her. <laughs> yeah. And, and the relationship between her and Susanna is kind of fun. It does get undercut because we have to give this love interest more screen time. So we're m- removing Laurel away from Susanna, whereas in the book, they really spend all their time together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Deb Ball stuff you would think it would produce bigger fireworks, Mm. especially since we're building to it at the end of the season. Like episode seven, the finale of season one is all about the dead ball. And it kind of comes to nothing except for the fact that Jeremiah gets distracted because he learns that his mom has cancer, has a breakdown, and Conrad has to step in, as we kind of always anticipated he would. This is a classic example to me of when a love triangle is... Boring boring but also just confusing and unsuccessful because the whole thing is that you know she's had this crush on conrad and in the tv series the idea of needing a companion for the debutante ball Mm -hmm. it gives jeremiah this set piece around which to confess his feelings to belly and she's so receptive in the tv series right they make Mm -hmm. out in the car it's it also let's ignore the fact that he 
finds out he's accompanying her the night before the dance and knows all the steps to all the dances that they have to do. Let's just ignore that for a second. Absolutely ludicrous. And also, (laughs) I did not need a four-minute dance sequence with him and the boys because it's amusing that they're bad at it because they're not professional dancers. But also, babies, it's called montage. Get into it. I do not need to hear a full song. No, no, absolutely not. It's so true. But Here's what doesn't make sense to me about that whole unraveling at the end of the series. Mm-hmm. You mean season because we have a season two coming this week. Yeah, I've mentally blocked that. Um- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted. Please continue. No, it's okay. So Jeremiah has committed to taking her to the dance and she's mm-hmm. having so much fun with him and he's so yes. attentive and kind. She's so nervous. He's like, he makes everything feel safe and mm-hmm. comfortable. Like in every way, he's the boy she's supposed to be with from Obviously. a narrative perspective, right? Yep. He's so good at it. And then what happens is he thinks his mom is acting really weird. And so he slips her phone into his pocket to read the last text message, that email or something that she got that seems mm-hmm. to have set her off. Right. This is when he discovers that his mother's cancer is back. Mm-hmm. Conrad takes this opportunity to step in and take over as her dance partner. Sure. And then at the end of the episode, they're making out in the sand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They've gotten together as a couple. And all I could think about was like, because she's like, in that scene, she's like, Conrad, you just really need to be with someone. And I'm like, Jeremiah's mm-hmm. mom is also dying. <laughs> like i don't understand when the transition to conrad happens it doesn't make a lot of sense to me within the narrative of the text and the way that there's not a lot of chemistry going on in this series at all to be clear but there's certainly more between jeremiah and belly than there is between conrad and belly this is true i actually found that the chemistry that gavin casalegno has with most everybody is quite good he's very cute He's very cute. I love that hair. I coveted it. But Mm -hmm. we should note that Jeremiah also is queer-coded. Not even queer-coded. Jeremiah is queer on the TV show. We have questions of whether he's bisexual or pansexual. Mm -hmm. But... I think it's it's a testament to the actor because he is really good at having chemistry with a lot of different people. Including his mom sometimes. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> Even to the fact that you, you mistakenly said he has chemistry with his mom. <laughs> he does. Yep. But um, you're right. I think the other problem is, is that in tried and true romantic triangle fashion, we have a bunch of fits and starts with each of them, right? So mm-hmm. like, there's this hot and heavy makeout with Jeremiah in the pool. And then the very next episode, we're having an intimate heart to heart conversation with Conrad over the painting that Susanna has been doing of each member of the family. Mm-hmm. It's like, I get it. This is how it goes. But it feels too fast and also too slow so everything that seems to happen feels arbitrary like strictly for the purposes of making it so that billy can't choose one of the two brothers because something is always happening with the other one but it doesn't build to a big finale like you would expect when we're doing this very familiar narrative instead it's just the same thing and then the season ends Part of it is, I think, that Belly is such an empty character. Oh, boy. And I'm sorry to say, but Lola Tongue can do nothing to fill this empty vessel. This is one of the most generic and bland lead performances over seven episodes I've ever watched. And I think it's mm-hmm. just that there's no content there. Right. And that's a problem for a love triangle because... <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> because if you're the apex of a love triangle and you're empty, there's mm-hmm. no way 
way for the viewer to make any kind of decision about whether Conrad or Jeremiah is actually best for her. So you just go with who has the best chemistry slash is the cutest. And I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. it's Jeremiah by like a country mile. So when she does end up with Conrad, which of course was always going to happen because I'm pretty sure, I don't know, maybe Jenny Han married Conrad in real life. I don't know. She's got (laughs) some buy-in for Conrad that is never expressed either on the page or on the screen in any kind of meaningful way. But when it happens... You knew it was always going to happen because mm-hmm. he's brooding and they always end up with the brooding one. But always. he's not hes not the best choice mm-hmm. and it's really annoying. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't help that Bryony also doesn't have a lot to work with. So no. Moody is tantamount to brooding, which is tantamount to hungover, which is tantamount to mad. So like he's really just playing one level for most of the series. We, we talked about how the flashback is unsuccessful because they've basically just given everybody glasses and said, you're a year or two younger. <laughs> but Conrad actually gets to display some genuine emotion. And he's interesting in that yeah. flashback where he's teaching Belly how to dance. And I just thought, oh, okay, this actor can do stuff. It's just you have to give him the opportunity to do it. And all of the present day stuff is bland. Mm-hmm. It's really disappointing because I think that these actors, I don't think there's anything wrong with these actors. Yeah, (laughs) I just think, I don't. I mean, I'll I'll be honest. I know we had issues with a lot of the acting in Exo Kitty, and I can't help but feel that this is a lot of the same issues where maybe they could be good, but the roles are not fleshed out enough. But this lead performance, like I'm I'm not prepared to be generous to Lola Tung because there are too many times where I see the acting on screen like (gasps) the drunk scene, Joe, (gasps) the drunk scene. Mm. This is it. This is an actress who has never been drunk before and she cannot commit to the bit. It is so wildly unbelievable. Rena. It's like a 90s TV teen drunk bit. Right. Like about the dangers of drinking. Yeah. (laughs) It's really bad. And here's the problem with the series in general. Um, It's bloated. So, like, we have the drunk kids episode. Mm -hmm. It is immediately followed by a drunk mom's episode. Right. And I texted Joe halfway through and I was like, this show can't handle two drunk episodes back to back. Like, it's Mm -hmm. not, no one is good enough at this. (laughs) No. it's, It's awful to watch. Well, and everything feels drawn out. You know, I'm reflecting back on Exo Kitty, and I'm very appreciative that those episodes, even though we said they were too stuffed and there were too many things going on, I appreciated that they were half hour episodes. Yes. Because watching 44 minutes of simultaneously nothing and everything happen on this show was kind of insufferable. Like, I think I kept texting you, oh, we're mistaking musical montages for (laughs) actual content on this show because we need to give every top 40 pop song a full playthrough. And it's like, I don't need this. I need more interesting characters or new twists on familiar storytelling because just so much about this show is generic and kind of forgettable. Then you've got bad characters. Then you've got over heavy reliance on musical montages. Like you should not be having back to back drunk episodes. That's Mm -hmm. just poorly constructed narrative. I'm beginning to wonder, Joe, Mm -hmm. without doing a libel, 
<laughs> I'm beginning to wonder after watching this at Exo Kitty if Jenny Han is maybe not a little bit precious about her source material. Mm-hmm. I get the sense that she doesn't let go of things easily because right. in both series, that's the central problem. Mm-hmm. The benefit of Exo Kitty is that we have some fairly magnetic performances, right. even when the content is uneven. And here we're missing the magnetic performances with the exception, I think, of of Jeremiah's performances in some scenes. Right. And the moms can be pretty magnetic. Yeah. But I think that in both cases, we have just like a too muchness, an unwilling to let go of certain set pieces or bits mm-hmm. that are clearly not working. And I just, yeah. it, it makes me wonder if the problem here is the showrunner. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, I'm actually interested to check out season two because Jenny Han will have learned more lessons from Exo Kitty and then she'll be coming back to this. And I'm wondering if it'll be more of the same because, of course, there is a second and third book in the Summer I Turn Pretty series that she'll be drawing from. But I'm curious to see if she has learned things about being a showrunner that might make her less precious. The thing about the book series, though, and I didn't read book two and three, so I'm not 100% sure, but from the Mm -hmm. synopses I read, they go way into the future. Oh, okay. Like, Belly gets married. Oh, what? Yeah. Hmm. So now I'm very curious about what the TV show is going to do, because it's not, it's been made too soon to be aging them up in that way. Mm -hmm. And so now I worry that she's not going to have source material. She's just going to be dragging out these storylines. Right. Yeah. Or even like, are we going to come back for the next summer? Or are we going to just move into the fall as we try to make, you know, long distance relationships and the transition to college or something like that. But one thing that we should note, so there was a number of minor differences that the TV show does. So you know, we talked about Laurel as an author. So she has a bunch of stuff with this other author and you know it's it's crisisy stuff about like oh i don't know if i'm sexy because i'm a middle-aged woman and it's like everyone on the show is incredibly hot (laughs) (laughs) why are you trying to take it off your glasses Oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, We've got this thing with Steven trying to pursue a relationship with both Taylor, who is obviously much more present in the TV show because she comes up for like an episode or two. I will say, I think the the girls episode where like Belly and Taylor go on the boat with the girls Mm -hmm. and they play like Never Have I Ever and then they get stranded skinny dipping. Mm -hmm. I kind of thought that that actually worked a little bit. It did, yeah. Also, not a part of the book. Yeah, and not a love story part, not trying to tell the triangle. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are triangle bits, but it's not the central focus there, and that helps. Yeah, so the other storyline for Steven is that he's dating Shayla, and she's, like, incredibly wealthy. Her her dad is very, very well-to-do, but he is obviously poor, so he's... He's got this job at the country club and, you know, he's losing money in poker games. And shocking. The people at the country club do a racism, Joe. Yeah. But we never unpack it or explore it any further. No. They do a racism at the same level that Jeremiah does a bisexuality. Yeah, which is to say very surface level and we're doing it so that we can say we did it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's there's a a certain amount of performativity into some of these storylines where it's like, let's kind of address the fact that Belly is biracial, but also not really Mm -hmm. address it because Mm -hmm. we're not super interested in it unless we can make kissy noises. Exactly. I don't know. 
I felt like the TV show had a whole host of other problems that also didn't make it successful compared to the book, which was a bit baffling. It made sense to introduce new storylines for some of these characters to make them more complicated and give them more content to work with. And yet the seven episodes I found very draggy, very badly paced, no sense of kind of rising action or conflict. Mm -hmm. And I was a little baffled that we actually got a season two of this because <laughs> it, there just doesn't seem to be enough meat on the bones, even though we've said it's also overpacked. Well, when you think about all the things that don't get a season two, Joe, it's sort of infuriating. <laughs> mm -hmm. From Amazon, which is like a streamer that I quite like, but we have talked about multiple Amazon titles that were canceled after one season. And here we are with just a ho-hum romantic triangle mm -hmm. cruising into season two. Boo. I don't know. Like, I, I genuinely did not enjoy reading the book or watching the show but i would be very curious to hear from listeners who liked this or who liked this and also liked jenny han's other stuff like mm -hmm. is this a weaker effort to everyone or are you and i just having a bit of a rough patch yeah i'd be very curious because i really thought of us as jenny han fangirls until this moment <laughs> our identities i'm i'm confused are we not who we thought we were <laughs> should we play some bingo Let's play some bingo. Bingo! Not a good bingo. Okay, Joe. I think we're going to do well. <laughs> I think so, too. Obviously, we have a holiday prom or wedding, because I'm <laughs> calling the debutante ball a oh, prom. Oh, 100%. Yep. Yeah. We have musicality, but it's mm -hmm. bad. Joe, we haven't talked about this. The music cues are so overdone. Mm -hmm. No one has a single emotion without it being set to... A really obvious song. <laughs> oh my gosh, so obvious. It's wild. Like, can we get the lyrics to perfectly match up to what the characters are feeling? Just in case nobody got it. It's some of the most egregious nonsense we've ever had. Um, <laughs> we've got a female director, screenwriter, yep. showrunner. Mm -hmm. I think we definitely have some perfect dates mm -hmm. in both the book and the TV series. And in the book, I give the perfect dates to Cam. I think... Right. I really am. I'm team Cam. I don't understand why it has to be one of these two bland brothers. A hundred percent. And it, it feels so weird. Like in some ways, I want to commend Han for saying, oh, we're not actually interested in Cam. So we're going to get rid of him halfway through the book and the TV show. But it's also kind of wild that he is a more successful love interest for Belly and a more interesting character than either of these brothers. And both of them are just like, no, goodbye, kick you to the curb. <laughs> it's really quite true. Obviously, we have good friendships, central among them being the friendship between the two moms that keeps everyone mm -hmm. together. Yeah. We also have some hollow romances, and I'm giving hollow romance to Conrad and Belly. I just don't 100%. get it. 100%. No. And also, they have no chemistry. So the actors are unable to sell it, and then they don't seem like a good match. Joe, can we give like a forthcoming dead body? <laughs> well, no, because Susanna has agreed in the TV show that she's going to undergo chemo. Yeah, that's going to be interesting because she for sure dies between book one and book two. Right. Yes. As she should, because it's <laughs> very clearly communicated in the book that this is not recoverable. Yeah, it's it's an odd choice to have her give in to the boys on that one. Uh -huh. Should we give a borrowed time to this Deb ball? Because it feels yes. like we spend the whole TV season counting down to it. Agreed, 100%. 
Um, we have a road trip at the end of the book. Conrad takes a road trip to find Belly. Right. I want to give an aged up to the episode where they try to age them down because it's not effective. <laughs> no. no really and also bad. these actors are clearly not in their teens. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. No Netflix connection because this is obviously an Amazon property, but I am going to say stunt casting because if you know who Rachel Blanchard is, you know who she is. Uh, also Tom Everett Scott for the old millennial ladies in the audience. There we go. Yes. I think we should give queer secondary character to that boy who <laughs> Jeremiah makes out with and then we never see again. Well, and also Jeremiah, because we clearly like I found a number of interviews with Jenny Han saying, yeah, the book was published in 2009. We've made some advances. And as a result, you know, I always kind of figured that Jeremiah would be a little bit more open and receptive to queer sexualities. But also even in like Shayla and Nicole, we're doing inclusion flip casting where we're oh, saying, right. yeah, we need more people of color in this show. It's also worth noting that we do have a lesbian couple at the Deb Ball, right? right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Um. Okay. This is a lot, Joe. Yeah, it's it's not too bad. Um, I'm curious. Do you feel comfortable giving either Manic Pixie Dream Person or the Chosen One for Belly, mm. or is it just like, haha, no? I think she's a the Chosen One as opposed to a Manic Pixie Dream Person. She doesn't make either of these boys want to be more interesting people. Um, <laughs> but we're told that from the moment she was born, Susanna was like, you're going to marry one of my sons, which oh, is gosh, creepy, right. by the way. Just mm -hmm. parents do out there listening, don't do that. No. Yuck. Mm -mm. Ew. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we, we managed to cover more than half the board, and we did get a line. Yay! <laughs> Jenny Yay. Han, I forgive you for everything. <laughs> so I'm curious, though. Are you going to watch an episode or two of season two? Are you going to make me? <laughs> I guess we could revisit this in the future and be like, what happens when the source material starts to deviate from a potential second season? We could. We could. Not for a while, though. I need it. Oh, wait. I'll wait to see what you do to the schedule. <laughs> it won't be this year. <laughs> Speaking of the schedule, Joe. Mm, shall we tell we people next? where we're heading next okay so um we are gonna be watching the adaptation that we've been waiting for maybe the only one second only to are you there god it's me margaret for length of time we've wanted an adaptation joe it's right. nimona yes so excited i think we covered that comic in maybe our first season eh uh, it's at least been a couple of years, mm -hmm. but this was one of those ones where we teased that we thought we were going to get it because we knew it was actively in development, and then we were crushed to hear that it got shelved, so all of a sudden now it is seeing the light of day again, rescued by Netflix. So exciting. Um, and then Book Club is coming up. I think you're just over the cutoff for writing in about it, but we are reading Stolen, and after that, our next book club is Alana, The First Adventure by Tamora Pierce. So if you haven't picked that one up yet, get going on that. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, Joe, it's uh, it's like well and truly summer now. It's our first episode of July. Mm -hmm. So I hope people are taking some time to read along and enjoy the summer weather wherever you are, if it's not, you know, devastating. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because, <laughs> you know, the earth is on fire and all that other good stuff. Yay! Yay! <laughs> but we've got the summer, I turn. 
pretty. <laughs> oh, Joe. Until mm. next time, I'll see you on the page. <laughs> and I will see you on the screen. All right. So I need a year. What is the year? 2022. 2022. <clears throat> this is giving big Jenny Han kind of like teenage I'm working through the issues kind of deal. No, yeah. I said that completely wrong. Yeah. Hang on. The cat is being hang on. Georgia, get the hell out. I swear to God, I'm going to cook you into a pie. Come here. Come here. Get out. Don't do the pie thing. It's too much work because you got to shave the cat and just to get to the good stuff. So. Also, I'm terrible at making pastry. My hands are too warm. Okay. Ooh. Um... And there's just like, sorry, I just elbowed the cat in the face. Could you move? Okay. <laughs> I didn't realize he was jumping up and I was making big arm motions. And I elbowed well, here's him the in. thing. What was he doing jumping up? Anyway? <laughs> We're recording. <laughs> it's true. It's true. He doesn't even see the sign. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>